You're listening to the Salty Sex Cast with Pamela and Mariah. Yeah, and what's puberty? The sex education you wish you had in high school. Maybe a diagram will help. Hello. Welcome, everybody, all of our listeners. This is Mariah. I'm here with Pamela. We're in the studio and again, which is wonderful. Yes. <laughs> and studio <laughs> malfunctions, you know. Hey, we're just coming authentic, right? We just don't even try to edit anymore at this point. Like, you're going to get what you're going to get. It's true. Hopefully, you don't our, throw a fit. <laughs> our studio is falling apart at the moment. It's a little, just a little bit. Okay. That's why we have our wonderful producer, Brady, to fix all the things for us. I'll fix it. Oh. oh. I'll fix it. And his mic wasn't on. Man. I was trying I to help with sound it. quality. Oh, no, it's great. Thanks, yeah. Brady. Appreciate it. You're the best. And we have a fabulous guest in today. Um, but first, we have a little business, right? And we have a crowd in here, too. Let's, we do. Let's Should we introduce the everyone? elephants in the room? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> this is, I don't know. How many do we have? This is the most count. we've had in the studio at once, right? Eight? Nine? You no, guys do the eight. math. Okay, yeah. I was like, hold on, am I counting myself? <laughs> well, no, obviously I'm not a, uh, a mathematician. I, I counted Mariah twice, oh. but no, oh. eight. We I will, all, we I will count, count myself twice. twice. <laughs> yeah. feel like it, right? Um, yeah, so we have one of our lovely patrons here. Totally calling you out. <laughs> <laughs> Carter gets to visit us and it's so awesome. So thank you so much for being here. Appreciate it. Wonderful to be here. Love it. Yeah. Um, and we have our guest today who is Molly Mormon. Hello. Do you want to say hi? Um, any any other business you wanna um, yeah, we do have a little bit. So we just want to mention Sassy Vox. Yes. Which is um, one of our patrons. And if you want to be our patron too, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash salty sex cast. Um, but Sassy Box is a monthly subscription sex toy box. Sex toy box. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's fun. We've all got one. All of us on the, in the salty sex cast crew. And we it's been fun. Love it. Yeah, we keep things in the studio too as props. Remind us how cool they are. So that's fun too. <laughs> yeah. I got to use the flogger they sent us recently. Like appropriately and not just me hitting you. Appropriately. When you're like as messing up. You'll notice it's not in the studio anymore. As I was kind of looking for it. So we've been hitting you with a dick. And yeah. we also have some other people here in the studio. We can... Uh, Eh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have just a crowd. I, I mean, it's fun to have new people come in and watch, and and other people who we just like to support us too. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. You, uh, all of our patrons will see it on video. That's right. You can say hello to everyone on video. <laughs> we all just wave silently. I'm to- I'm totally not in frame though, because we have a far better looking guest. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Thank you for sacrificing that really, limelight. That's really kind. Brady. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Any anything for the for the cast. <laughs> well, our guest here is. Um, what do you call yourself? What do you prefer? Uh, I like to jokingly say I'm an ectasiast because that's a striptease performer. 
Oh, but I'm actually really? just a stripper. <laughs> yeah, for for everyone who's like I don't have vocabulary. <laughs> yeah, I know that there's a some people who are like, oh, I'm an exotic dancer, and they don't like the term stripper because obviously there's been um some people who uh, stigmatize. Yeah, uh, definitely. The word stripper. But I, I don't feel that way. I feel kind of more like uh, the word bitch or slut. I feel like it's, for me, I feel like I've reclaimed it and been like, yeah, I'm more I'm empowering. Stripper. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I'm a bitch. Maybe I'm a slut. What of it? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, and so, stage name, Molly Mormon. Yep. So, introduce us how that came about. Uh, I was Mormon. <laughs> I was Mormon until I was like 29. Okay. And I was still Mormon when I started stripping, and I paid my tithing, my 10% of my income tithing to my bishop, and he oh. knew, knew I was a stripper. And garments? Uh, I think, I'd, obviously, not at work. Well, <laughs> oh, I don't know. There'd probably be some people who'd pay to see that come off. Oh, oh for sure. Definitely. It's, that's definitely come up. But, but of course, like, I've, I've broken away from the religion, but there's still a part of me that's like, well, you can't do that, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, can't wear, Disrespect, it's disrespectful, yeah. you know, right. you're going to burst into flames, you know, if you did that, but, uh, but also, uh, with as much, um, resentment I have towards the church, I also do still want to respect religions in general and other people's beliefs. And so I think that's also why I wouldn't do that. Yeah. No, I so, think that's wonderful that yeah, you've like, been able to recognize that. I mean, we have our own. And I have my own personal beef with the church, too. But I just listened to you guys' things. last, oh, the, the one where you had the ex-Mormon life coach on. Oh, yes. On the way here. And I was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it brought up a lot of feelings for me. Right. Yeah. I mean, and we try to bring up a lot of things that people don't get to hear or don't get a chance to talk about. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to ask all the questions. <laughs> ask them all. All of so, them. So, Molly, I'm really c- curious about, like, what your bishop thought about you stripping. Like, what? Why was he um, so accepting of that? I, I'm not sure. I know that I've had a lot of bishops that really vary in the way that they handle things. And I even have this theory that there's a lot of people in leadership that are kind of like sleepers where like they actually don't believe it. But they're mm. like, I think I could do some good here by like uh, being in a position of authority and Makes just sense. being super fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was he'd gotten married in like his 50s and looking at him i'm pretty sure he was like a virgin till his 50s mm. <laughs> um so he he was just really sweet and nice he didn't really get weird about it until because he knew i was like a single mom who had been like working two jobs you know on the verge of like a mental breakdown and so i think he kind of saw this as like well you know what else is she gonna do right now like she you know needs the money and so I think he kind of was not very judgmental about that. But once I stopped going to church, then he was kind of like, well, you need to have, you know, what's that called? A council meeting or, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, disciplinary, dis- discipl- disciplinary council. council. And at that point I was like, no, I'm good. I don't really give a shit anymore. I'm not going to come anymore. I'm not going to participate anymore. I've found a different religion and it's the strip club. And <laughs> so if you didn't have to go to church because you were a welder, right, and you had to weld on Sundays would you then be called in for a meeting or is that okay? I don't think they bring you in for uh, attendance. No. I, think, I think he wanted to bring me in specifically because now that I wasn't going to church. Living in sin. Now he was like, oh, well, you're a stripper. We probably should need to yeah. ah. discipline you. Mm-hmm. Whereas well, before they, he was getting my money. Yeah. So he didn't really give mm-hmm. a shit. <laughs> he got your money. He got ah. your numbers, wow. you know, of your attendance, everything, you know, and it was kosher, right? They can, and hope that, Wrong oh, this is just a, Thank you. (laughs) 
and and just hope that it's like a temporary thing like this is a stage and sh- she'll repent from With it my guidance yes exactly from and this when sexual ailment <laughs> so um do you uh, we kind of ask a few people who come into studio who've been through the temple mm-hmm. do you remember your temple name yeah do you care to share it no okay that's fine <laughs> how weird is that I, I i fully know that there are still like things that aren't going to go away for me even with all the therapy I've had (laughs) (laughs) yeah so sometimes we just always ask like some people they come in with using that name as their pseudonym yeah several of our guests have used that as their cover yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so it's kind of been a theme so it's all good (laughs) um so tell us about the process of how you started stripping who introduced you to it uh kind of what was that for you uh So I'm going to go way back with this. I think even probably being really young, like 10, 11, 12, I Mm -hmm. think I remember seeing like scenes of movies where there was some type of like burlesque or uh, stripper type character and just being super drawn to that. And, and really it just pulling me in so much and being like, oh my God, I want that. I want to be that. I want to emulate that. Mm -hmm. So, so I would say that was the beginning, but of course, growing up Mormon, I, you know, didn't share those thoughts or feelings. Um, but then there was the opportunity uh, to take pole dancing lessons. And by then I was, you know, Mormon and married and was in my 20s. And uh, and then I got divorced and I had a girlfriend who also did pole fitness. And and I kind of told her, I'm like, oh, I can't do pole fitness anymore because I can't afford it. It's an expensive hobby and mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to do that. And she made a joke like, you know, people will pay you to do this. <laughs> and I <laughs> laughed and she laughed. And um but then for me, like a light bulb went on and I looked at her and I'm like, and I could call myself Molly Mormon. <laughs> and she was like, oh, so funny. And then I was like, no, I'm I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and it was the most liberating thing ever because, yeah, I went from working two jobs to working like three days a week and being able to save and support myself and travel the world and have whatever I wanted, you know, mm-hmm. and and that stress and horribleness I had been in like on the verge of a mental breakdown um was gone and it was amazing and was one of the best decisions I've ever made well and you get to do that for yourself it's no one else I think that's awesome yeah and that friend actually had a really hard time with it like I think she felt responsible and she came to see me and she was just like oh this is so bad she's so worried about me for years but I'm like this was your idea (laughs) Uh, but she's come full circle and now she comes and sees me and she loves it and you know that was cool so yeah and I've seen you perform yes yeah it's been fun I was like oh dang it's first time I was in a strip club too first and only time wow so could you describe like a typical performance for us oh like what what do you do so you you so I work at a club yeah I work at a club that does not do lap dances Mm -hmm. and so which is you know something I prefer um so so my routine kind of looks like I, I have never had to describe it. This is really interesting <laughs> that I'm kind of like don't know how. Uh, I would say it's like a sensual performance. Um, I'm not fully nude. I'm, you know, get down to like a a conservative thong is what I would call it. <laughs> and uh, pasties. Has, that's a state of Utah legality kind of thing. And that's so, because your club serves alcohol, right? Yeah. In Utah, if your club serves, al- serves alcohol, you cannot have full nudity or lap dances. So... Um, so I, yes, I do pole. And then also there are, uh, rails around my stage, uh, in Utah. Uh, it's kind of, 
to keep the customers three feet away from us. And I, a lot of the girls at my club, we've learned to do acrobatic tricks on those rails. Oh, that's amazing. And so we do, we do pole acrobatics and then rail acrobatics and then some floor work, which is, you know, really difficult also, Mm um, wear, wear eight inch heels and, um, uh, really fun. Just walking around in those heels is like an entire body workout. (laughs) (laughs) How tall are you in your heels? Uh, six, two. Good Lord. Yeah. Wow. Which is fun. I feel like, so I don't wear them as much on the floor anymore, uh, when I'm not on stage because there's carpet and like I eat shit all the time. But when I did used to wear them around more on the floor, that was kind of fun to walk up to Mm -hmm. a dude and be like, oh, hello. And look down. (laughs) How are you? (laughs) That power dynamic switch, you know, really quick. Well, it it is a huge power dynamic. Oh yeah. It's a huge shift. I think that's why it's so empowering for women, um, and performers to take that back, you know, and kind of like, I get to choose. This is my house. Yeah. You better behave. That's what I love about it. That's why I was like, oh, dang. Like, I just want to hang out here because of that vibe. Like, that's really was not the, not the creepy people who are, you know, there to fulfill a need or whatever. Um, But what is some of, so that's why I went once and I was like, Oh, I don't know the etiquette. I'm going to fuck up. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, oh, you were great. Oh, well, were I had a wonderful. good teacher. Abby was with me. I was yeah. like, Abby, what <laughs> about you? Experience. And she was totally great about it. And she was like, well, you kind of do this. And when they come around, this is what that is and blah, blah, blah. And this is like a good average tip. Like, um, if you want them to keep dancing, you can follow them to different stages kind of thing. It was great because I was like, I don't know. And I'm sure this is very club um, specific too. Yeah. But what are some things that you would, if never... If someone's never been to a strip club or just doesn't know the proper etiquette, what are some things that start off the bat? Like uh, the first thing I would say is is recommend what you did, which is talk to someone who's worked in a strip club. Um, that's a really good way to get you know an idea of of in general the culture there, mm-hmm. and you know more specifically that club's culture because it does really vary club to club. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the next thing would be uh, talk to a dancer, like go to a club and then, you know, tip a dancer well. And then, uh, and so typically that, depending on like, if it's a weekend night and you tip her 10 bucks, like she's probably not going to make time for you. Mm-hmm. But if it's earlier in the day or it's a weekday shift and you tip her 10, 20 bucks or something, and then ask her specifically, will you come sit with me? Can I buy you a drink? Mm-hmm. And, and this would be what I would say to do. And then ask her, say, hey, what? What's kind of the etiquette here? Uh, I love that. When someone says that to me, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I will hang out with you all night. I'll hold your <laughs> yeah, hand. Because I have a lot to say and because yeah. and I would like really want them to have a good time. And I've seen people not have a good time because they don't know the culture or the etiquette. And I and I feel bad because I'm like, I'm sure they're a really nice person. They just don't understand like what to do. Yeah. What's and, appropriate. And so I love to try and like guide them along in that. And What's some of the etiquette at your particular club? So my particular club, um, some of that etiquette is, you know, do not touch the dancers. There's a three-foot law in Utah. So that's a really different to a lot of people, especially from out of state. Um, they think they think they can come up and, and touch you. Um, which also, like, I've worked at clubs where you can touch. And I still feel like it's really important for the dancer to initiate contact mm. with you. Like, I see people just walk up and, like, tip and slap a dancer on the ass. 
And even in a in a full contact club, I think that's really rude. Mm-hmm. I think that unless the dancer has you're you're tipping and she's come over to you and started to touch you, which you you know see on stage, you know rubber boobs in your face or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know she's in, she's initiating that with you, and then you have kind of the yellow light, <laughs> not the green light, but the yellow light to kind of reciprocate that as it feels um, comfortable and consensual for her. Um, but yeah, just walking up and like you know touching someone that you don't know I feel like is fucking rude well and you you walk around too after you're on this stage has like anyone like grabbed your hand to be like come sit with me or you know like a little aggressive with that and of course yeah I've had some of that but I definitely feel like because I got into this at such a advanced age considering the industry (laughs) um I I kind of had a little bit of a energy about me that I was kind of like don't fuck with me like mm-hmm. I do not tolerate bullshit mm-hmm. so uh if someone does that it's usually because they're really drunk um but I I kind of have a a sixth sense about that kind of stuff so like I tend to really not be get very close to people that I sense are really drunk or that their energy is disrespectful in some way I'm kind of like woo, like way go way around <laughs> them you know I'm like uh give them a wide berth uh so so I, I can kind of avoid a lot of those kind of situations because I've been doing it, you know, like five, six years now. And so I kind of have that sense of like, uh, I'm not even going to attempt to talk to you or come within range of your arms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not even going to open that door for that opportunity. Um, what are some like... I'm sure you've seen quite a few things because you said you've been doing this for a few years. What are some really wonderful experiences that just pop in your head? And what are some ones that you're just like, oh, I wish that never had happened or like that was horrible. And so uh, my first one is there is a kind of uh, group therapy that goes on in the dancer room. And I wouldn't even pick out really like one experience because it's so consistent and it's so cathartic and it's so healing Mm -hmm. to have this group of women who really understand a lot of what you've been through as a woman and then a lot of what you've been through as a dancer, Mm -hmm. as a sex worker. And so, so that has been amazing to me, which is, you know, why I remain at the club that I do, even though there's problems at the club or, or at each club has its own problems, but like. Uh, I stay because there's a dynamic there with women that is just not anything I've I've had anywhere else. I think I think there is that in a lot of clubs. To be fair, like I don't think that's exclusive mm-hmm. to my club. Yeah, but I do I've think there that. has to be a certain amount of women who are there that want that. That are like I'm not just here out for myself. I'm here to connect with you and and even with the customers. Like I'm not here to just like come in and make fast cash and fuck people over. Like I'm. I'm here to like make genuine connections and relationships. Anyways, so I feel like that has been the most wonderful thing for me. I just don't even know how I would live without it, honestly. So, so there's that. And then um, one of the, and not even worse experiences, but it's one of the first ones that pops into my mind is um, I have literally choked two people at my club, (laughs) like one handed (laughs) as hard as I could. Like, and it was so funny because it was just, an incident where like someone just like touched my breast out of nowhere like you know put their hand like kind of you know on my thigh in a way that like made me really uncomfortable 
and both times there was no thought process it was just uh a black reaction i saw red and then next thing i knew i was choking them <laughs> and then i was like holy shit i think i might have a little bit of anger issues and probably should look <laughs> into them um and it was funny because like i never got in trouble for either of those things like you would think someone would be like oh you need to go home or you're fired or something like that but like uh I think I'm pretty mild-mannered in general and so I think anytime like a bouncer or anyone would see something like that they're like that wasn't unprovoked that wasn't you know mm -hmm. unwarranted probably she seems like you know if she felt the need to do that that mm -hmm. you know maybe she needed to do that <laughs> and and one of the guys was like one of the guys was into it and I was like fuck <laughs> 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 and then the other guy I think just kind of looked around like is somebody gonna stop this you know <laughs> uh, I never saw either of them again though <laughs> good. That's, That's awesome. good. I'm sure you kind of get, um, you know, there's the regulars and uh, people who are there quite often. You build that. Uh huh. You know, it's kind of like, oh, Joe is back or whatever. And I love a lot of them. Yeah. Like they've become what feels like family, which is interesting. Mm. Uh, but people I really care about and I know really care about me and have known many, many years and I've shared life's ups and downs with them. So mm -hmm. that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. The the level of athleticism, I was like in awe. I was mm -hmm. like, holy fuck. Like most of you guys are quite fit and extremely fucking flexible. I was like, Jesus Christ, I can barely tie my goddamn shoe right now. <laughs> um, but I, I like, was that something that you just learned in your pole class or is that something you also kind of pick up and just since you dance so often? Mm -hmm. um, I definitely think dancers advance when they are put uh, in a club because you're just there a lot more mm -hmm. you know when it's a hobby you may not always have time to like you know participate in your hobby but when you're being paid to do it now <laughs> you've got lots of time to do it and um and so yeah I definitely feel like I advanced in that way I had a thought recently that I was talking to someone about that uh uh about the fitness you know kind of aspect of my job and we were kind of acknowledging that you know, pole dancing is for fitness, but stripping is not really for fitness because honestly, it tears your body apart. It's mm. extremely, extremely hard on to, because like as a hobby or whatever, it's like, oh yeah, fitness, but like as a job, it's not really good for your body. <laughs> like, I mean, it is for like being strong and all those kinds of things, but as for like your joints and like the kind of wear and tear, it's like, you know, really, really hard on your body. Mm -hmm. I can see that. How long do you hope to, to strip for in that case? You know, I have a friend who's 50 and still dances and she fucking tears it up because, um, you know, as there, there's always kind of a market for you, whatever your style is or your age range. Yeah. Um, you know, so for her, she works at a club that has a really great clientele that is quite a bit older, you know, like mm. 70, 80. And, and they don't tend to really want, in general, like a younger girl. Of course, some of them would like to see someone younger. But, like, a lot of them really want to see someone a little closer to their age and and are, are more are more aroused by that. And then they can actually have a conversation with her. That mm -hmm. like, they're like, oh, okay, I can actually talk to her. Whereas, you know, even now I have a hard time talking to someone who's, like, you know, 20. I'm like. Yeah, it's hard to relate. Yeah, it's hard <laughs> to relate. And so I don't know that I'm, I'm hoping to dance to 50. But I guess uh, I had a girlfriend who kind of talk shit on that girl and it, and we had a conversation about it because she was like oh my god I hope I'm not still stripping when I was 50 <laughs> and I just looked at her and I was like if people still want to pay me to take my clothes off when I'm fucking 50 <laughs> I think that would be amazing yeah and I would you know count my blessings that mm -hmm. like 
I still looked good enough that people wanted to see me naked and yeah. pay me to see me naked. So <laughs> I like that you, uh, sorry, Pamela, I know you have a question, but I'm okay. another one. Um, I like that you point out like the different, uh, styles. Um, there's also like different body types too. Um, how do you feel like stripping and being in this club around other women with very little clothing has helped maybe with your either helped or hurt body image? Like what effect has it had on you? Uh, I think it has had both uh initially and quite a bit I, I feel like it's really helped my body image mm-hmm. because I I have seen all types of body types that are not considered you know traditionally attractive or like you know whatever a thin ideal yeah yeah or like you know big boobs or like uh you know per you know no cellulite you know things like that <laughs> and so I've been able to see women who do have these things like like I have cellulite and I see other women that have cellulite mm-hmm. And I can see them do this performance that I'm just like, wow, they're so sexy. Yeah. They are so... They go up and own it. Yeah. And then that is feels empowering. Mm-hmm. You know, that feels like, oh, well, if you can not be the typical standard of beauty and I can look at you and just think, wow, you are just perfect and beautiful. And and um, that felt great for me to be like, you know, see myself reflected in the ways that maybe I felt insecure about. But to see someone else own that felt really... Um, yeah, kind of transferred that power to me and felt good. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of pressure. Obviously there's, you're making a living off of what you look like. And Mm -hmm. so there is a lot of, a lot of pressure in those ways to try and keep up, you know, appearances. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, and I don't love that part of it, but also I'm like, that is the reality of the industry that I'm in. Yeah. So. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Pamela, go ahead. Oh. I will hand the reins over. Thank you, Mariah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you mentioned stripping being stigmatized, which we mm-hmm. all have experience with that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so how does that affect your personal life? Like dating life, um, you said you're a mom. Yeah. Um, how does it affect, you know, um, relating to other parents and et cetera? I could go on and on about this. <laughs> so, you know... <laughs> So one of the first things that comes to my mind is uh, having a relationship with my family who is, you know, mostly Mormon mm-hmm. and and really wanting to talk about what my life is all about, which is very dominated by the work that I do. Yeah. And really feeling like I can't do that. I really can't uh, speak with them and with any kind of depth um, about what I actually do uh, without feeling like I'm making them uncomfortable. And so, and I feel that in general with, you know, anyone I interact with or anything I do outside of dancing. Uh, I feel like I, I recently told my daughter that I'm a stripper. She's 10 and, and it went really well. Uh, but you know, she had started to ask questions a couple of years ago and I was like, she's, I don't think she's quite ready for me to like explain what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's Mormon by the way, her dad is Mormon and she okay. is, you know, Mormon. Wow. Which is hard. <laughs> but um, I, you know, explained it to her and 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 told her uh, that my family knew and that her dad's family knew um, and that I really love my job and felt really good about it. And I made great money, great money. Uh, but unfortunately, she can't tell her friends, which really hurt to say for me to say to her. Yeah. And I was like. A lot of people do not think highly of the job that I do. And a lot of people uh, may not let their kids hang out with you 
if they knew what I do. And, and I hate that I have to ask you to do this. Um, but, you know, this isn't something you can, you know, really talk openly with your friends about. Uh, but feel free to talk to anyone in the family about it because they all know, you know. Um, and so, so that's huge. You know yeah. what I mean? That like I, you know, have to tell my daughter that kind of thing because I'm, a, you know, I feel like there's some families here who just that I work at a bar would probably not let their mm-hmm. kids hang out with my daughter, much less if they found out I was a stripper. So, um, so that's one of the ways. And then, of course, it does affect a rela- relationships. You know, it's really hard who with the way society thinks about women <laughs> and strippers and sexuality um, mm-hmm. to even be with someone who is really open-minded but has also been affected by those that kind of thinking and to be able to have a relationship that has trust and all those things. Um, yeah, I think it's a struggle. I think it's been in all my relationships I've had as a dancer. Do you have any insight on how to end the stigma attached to stripping? I saw a meme <laughs> that I thought was funny, and it said something along the lines of, uh, you you love a sex worker, you just don't know it. Um, because a lot of us don't, aren't open about it, whether mm-hmm. it, you know, they're in escorting or prostitution or like a stripper, like you probably don't know. And if they haven't told you, it's probably because they don't feel comfortable telling you or yeah. talking to you about it. And so the likelihood is that you probably do know someone. Um, and so I guess so a thought like that, it would probably be the start is to see, so- see something like that and realize and then start to look into it and start to un- educate yourself and understand uh, what it is and that they're still them and that, you know, there's still all the good, wonderful qualities about them and that their work is real work and, and um, to not, you know, judge them about it. But yeah. just, yeah. And just to understand how vital the work is. I do think it's vital, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of people, even in my industry, that really want to shame what we do and belittle it. And I'm like, I just don't feel that way. And maybe I have built it up to something because I've spent so much time in it and I am so immersed in it. And I want to be like realistic and not in like denial about that. But I still look at the industry, all aspects of it, and see how needed it is. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Like, mm-hmm. what are some of the benefits that you've seen for yourself and for other people? I mean, you talked about the empowerment for yourself, but um, but y- your clients, what are the benefits you've seen from for them? Um, so on a, on a superficial level, it's entertainment. And everybody sure. needs entertainment. And I do think that's a value just by itself. You know, like, everybody needs to, like, have a good time and, like, be you know, distracted and entertained, you know, in their life. So there's, there's that part of it. And on a, on a deeper level, uh, everyone has a need to connect with other humans. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you might be able to go alone to a bar. And I've, I've had this experience when I've traveled, uh, alone, uh, go to a restaurant or a bar and like, no one's really going to talk to me. Mm -hmm. Um, but in a strip club, they will come talk to you typically, you know, like, um, and people are like, oh, well, I don't want to have to pay for that kind of attention. And I'm like, well, people pay for therapy and people, you know, pay for massages and people pay for things that, like, as a human being, they they need. Yeah. And there's not a lot of shame in that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I feel like it's the same thing. They're paying for entertainment. They're paying for a companionship, for someone to listen and talk to them and to engage with them, uh, which is really important, I think. And, and so... Uh, 
so yeah I feel like that's important and then uh you know the the sensual aspect you know that that need to be stimulated sexually and sensually mm-hmm. that uh, everyone has uh to be titillated mm-hmm. <laughs> it's one of our favorite words on here <laughs> isn't it brady look at his grin that's totally my favorite word i you learned that from it. a counselor too <laughs> um i love that you point out like those good things and how needed it is uh how needed do you think it was for you if you could go back and if it wasn't ever an option for you, if this wasn't something, how do you think that would have changed kind of your... I don't want to be dramatic, <laughs> but uh, part of me thinks I wouldn't be here anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't know how I would have coped with the things in my life had I not had this opportunity. That's so, like, so awesome. sounds a little dramatic, but I'm like, I don't even know. Yeah. Because, because of all the things that it gives me, like even just um, exercise wise, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Having, you know, working two jobs, being a single mom, you don't have time to no. exercise. <laughs> and and so, you know, just that alone for my mental health was outrageously helpful. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I feel like it's been a game changer completely for me. That's awesome. Um, what are things that you would... Again, we kind of cha- we talked about changing the stigma, mm-hmm. but what are just things to improve the industry in general? Do you have any suggestions? Women owners. <laughs> oh, yeah. Women in management. I know a wom- woman owner. Where? Tell me. Um, at <laughs> so the Blue excited. Sapphire. There's a woman owner at the Blue Sapphire. Oh, wait. It's the couple, right? Oh, I don't know if she's married. Because I've only ever spoken to her, but we did a count. Cal- so I own a boudoir studio, and we did awesome. a calendar shoot for all of her dancers. Nice. And it was a beautiful shoot too. Like, it was it was amazing. The transformation of these <laughs> girls was it was so cool. But anyway, yeah, she yeah. was she was pretty cool. They all the dancers loved her. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, I, there needs to be more of that. Yeah. Because what I what I see a lot of is um, <laughs> uh, uh, the men drawn to owning a strip club often are drawn to trying to control women mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. and um make money off of them uh and so so that would be the number one thing i would say needs to change because um and and there's a lot of opportunity for like you know abuse of that power uh sexually financially uh seen that mm. quite a bit and so so and and because even in a regular job there's that aspect of potential for um, power dynamics, power dynamics, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you add a, a layer, like of sexuality, to that job, and you know those the likelihood of that I think does go up. I would love to see like a stripper co-op, like a stripper owned club. Yeah. Wouldn't that, that would be? So I've been trying cool. to do that. I've, I've tried to talk. To, I I've looked into buying the club that I work at. Mm. Um, I've I've tried to really look into that and. And I don't think my owner's ever going to sell. I think he's <laughs> he's not. not but I wonder there. if you started your own club and took all of the dancers with you. Oh, these are all <laughs> things I've thought about <laughs> extensively. Um, uh, one of the, the things that blocks me from that is I don't think Utah's willing to give out any more sexually oriented business licenses. Oh. Uh, so that's what's difficult about that mm-hmm. is that they kind of, you'd either have to wait for another club to close and to be able to buy that license because i don't think they're willing to like create a new one 
That's I think so ridiculous. It's, there's kind of a battle that's like they don't we'll have to really want to see like sexual wellness. <laughs> oh my god, sexual therapy. Yeah, I've right? tried to think of ways around it, which and is like totally if you don't take anything off, technically, it's not stripping. You don't need that license. Yeah, you just and, so if and it's also just technically, dancers. I'm like. What legally? Because you can be outside topless now, right? Yes, it's true. And so I don't really see, but I also think there's probably different like liquor license laws where like you can't be topless in a bar. Well, and yeah, that's I mean, where the that's where you're gonna make your money, them. right? As the owner is on liquor and sales. and the women, I tip out thirty percent. Wow, thirty. So I'm curious, what is that you, industry standard? Like, yeah, what do I'll, I can get into that? Um, what do they typically make? What do dancers typically make per hour? And this is Utah, um, maybe a weekend night. Well, I was going to address the other thing. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, oh, sorry. Well, I, I, I will answer that. <laughs> so, well, well, I don't even really know how to answer that because one, that varies wildly from club to club and dancer to dancer. Okay. Um, and so, and that could be based on her skill as a dancer her aesthetic and her personality and on her hustle you know gotcha. like for example i know women who make more than me but they work six days a week and they work doubles and i work i've continued to only work three days a week gotcha um but down to an hourly even that i feel like be re- even for myself personally i don't really keep records <laughs> uh, i see a lot of dancers that do and like write down you know what they make each night i'm not really someone who's ever been very gotcha. good at that oh. um but yeah, I kind of, in a night, I could look at, you know, well, I worked this many hours and this is how much I made, yeah. but I couldn't say really what the average is. Okay. Um, I don't really, yeah. Okay. I don't know if I could break it down like that. But you're giving away 30% of your... I'm giving away 30% of your earnings. And, and then on top of that, we're, we're supposed to tip our DJ and our bouncers. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so this is a, a trend I'm really hating and which I, I really, I, I really would like to see former dancers uh, manage and own women who really understand the industry um, because what what I'm seeing is we went from 15% to 20% over a few years and then after we came back from COVID it jumped to 30 <gasps> and I was like after you were already out of work for how long not making any money exactly or at least struggling to yes, I was gonna ask that I felt too, like that, that was super shitty oh my god uh, and so a lot of girls left the club at that time, like 10 of the top dancers. It was super sad. Mm-hmm. And, and I stayed because, I, like I said, I feel like I really need this dynamic here. Like, I love these women so much, and I just – I cannot be separated from them. <laughs> is the idea that your tips have gone up to keep the business open? Like, is um, there sort of like a so, – so, like, I mean, I got a letter from the company I work for that said, hey, we're going to cut back on 401 contributions mm-hmm. till the economy sort of settles out. Um like, did you get like a notice that was like, "Hey, we're gonna need a little bit more of your tips to keep the lights on until this all settles down"? Uh, yeah, there was some of that, and then there was a lot of arguments about it because, like, we're ten ninety nine, and and we kind of feel like we're not sure that's really fair, and also that it was only applied to the dancers and none of the other employees um, mm. was bothersome. Oh, yeah, that's and then, a um, and then that there was no kind of time frame on it. You know, like, well. Well, it's going to be permanent because as far as we've seen, every time it's gone up, it doesn't go back down. It just keeps going up. And then, for example, like in California, they've, you know, now they're hourly paid uh, employees and they make like $15 an hour plus tips. But then they have to pay like 
if you come in after nine, like a two hundred dollar fee mm-hmm. just to like dance. A flat rate. And then on top of that, they have to tip out fifty percent of all their tips. Jesus Christ. Um, and yes, they do have like oh, insurance and benefits making, now. Yeah. Okay. But also, what that did was pushed a lot of the the OGs into uh, underground, which is mm. not as safe. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they want to continue to make the money they're used to making and have the freedom and have the freedom too. of like not a regular job. Uh, yeah. Honestly, so most where's people our are in this because they can't do a regular job. Uh-huh. They, yeah, we should they totally unionize. Do a job. <laughs> yeah, the strippers need to unionize in Utah. I love that idea. Yeah, there's thoughts on that. I I can't even really weigh in because I just I kind of see benefits to both sides oh, you yeah. know and so mm-hmm. i'm kind of like i don't really know where i land on that i'm just probably going to keep doing what i'm doing if they say 30 percent, we do 30 percent, and i'm going to make a mental note of like maybe i need to open my own club or, or look into opening my own business which i'm doing and so um just kind of like well that is what it is and this is kind of seems like potentially where the industry is headed and and i i fought it for a while and now i'm kind of just like I'm tired. I'm not going to fight it anymore. <laughs> um, I'm just going to accept that that is what it is and mm-hmm. decide how I want to move forward knowing that. Um, what have maybe like, so you said it was really hard to kind of think of like an average night, but what are maybe some like really big tippers that stand out in your mind and like, why do you think they came in and like just threw cash at you? Even more so, has that happened? Um, I've had... Um, so I feel like talking to other strippers, they've, they, especially outside of Utah have had nights that I can't even dream of, Oh, you know, (laughs) um, as a, a stripper in Salt Lake city where for a night, Mm -hmm. um, I would say, I feel so weird talking about this and I, and it's interesting because it is always a topic that comes up, but it's, there's that, uh, element in me that's kind of like been brought up to believe that like talking about money is really, or what you make is like really taboo and inappropriate yeah Yeah. Um, like all americans yeah and so it always makes me feel like a little uh uncomfortable because my conditioning (laughs) but it's also something i get all the time but i'm also like but no one walks up to like other people in other industries they're like how much do you make they do though (laughs) they do do. especially when they want to do that so like if Uh, you if let's speak to maybe some ladies who might be listening and thought like you know i've always kind of wondered curious like I'm sure starting out it was difficult and you had to kind of get used to even etiquette as a dancer too. That that was a performance. Huge. So yeah. I'm sure there was a growth thing, but like, um, you know, it sounds like you can provide for your family and yourself on yeah. this one income. Yeah. So at least it's decent enough for that. Um, maybe some challenges. Like if you want to start, plan on probably keeping your day job for a little bit or what does that look like? Um so I see that new girls make a lot of money. You got to bank on that new girl shine, oh. you know. Fresh uh, girl smell, huh? Because yeah, of course, <laughs> there's a ton of guys and women and and stuff that are very like, oh, novice. That's hot, you mm. know. Like when you are kind of out there, you know, baby deer rolling around, and, and <laughs> you know, and you don't have that jaded look in your eyes. <laughs> of, like, I'll chuck you, you motherfucker. Me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, you know, there's something about that that is, you know, really appealing. And so I, I do think, you know, a lot of women can come in and really just kill it, um, very quickly. And, and that depends on the club and it depends on you and how much work you're willing to put into it because it is a job and it is work Mm -hmm. and, and you do really have to put the time in 
Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of what else to share about that. How hard is it to get licensed? Um, it's like, it's a little inconvenient. Like you got to uh, uh, get the license and you've got to talk, like get your fingerprints and stuff like that because you can't be a dancer if you are, you know, have any sex offenses. Mm. Um, which is interesting, which is a, a fact I like to tell people when they try to touch me on stage, is that um, if it looks like I let them touch me, I can get cited for like um, solicitation mm-hmm. of prostitution, Yes, what? which yeah. would make me a registered sex offender. Mm-hmm. And so I, it always is like this weird dynamic because I will withdraw really quickly if someone tries to touch me and then they're like offended and I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I can lose this. It's, right. it's, yeah, it's not, not that I don't you. like you. I'm repulsed by you. Like it's nothing like that. It's that I have to I protect my would income. Get fucked. Yeah. Like yeah. if somehow there's because you know undercover cops come in, they're just looking for us to fuck up. Like they're allowed to have like three drinks. They're allowed to tip. You don't know who they are, and they're just watching. And we have been cited, and we were closed down because it did look like someone let someone touch her butt like on stage. And there's a video, and it wasn't like extreme or anything. Um, but then you know that's. 40 people's income over two weeks and mm. because we were having to be shut it's down. Crazy. Yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, it's no joke here. <laughs> so do you keep, um, like I, I would be paranoid because, you know, I can't control when the club shuts down. There goes my income for how long COVID fucked everybody, but yeah. especially anyone in this type of entertainment industry, um, do you just have like a huge nest egg? Because you know it could be gone tomorrow so easy. Yeah, or? I do. And that is something I would recommend to anyone mm-hmm. in a very fickle industri- industry is, uh, you know, I see some girls get into it and they're like, oh, I'm going to buy this this car and this bag and this, you know, whatever. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> like, and I get it, but I'm just like, um, no, save it, save all of it, mm-hmm. you know, and because yeah, you don't know, you could get an injury and you could not dance anymore for maybe ever or maybe several months. Mm-hmm. And like, you need to be planning and preparing for that. And so, so yeah, I kind of would advise anyone getting into it to not use that income and just start wiling out, you know, <laughs> but to be really careful and conservative with, with that money. I think everybody's seen the memes, but I want to know from you, are you required to wear masks now that things have reopened? Are you, you wearing know, face covering? We did the first few weeks on stage, and now we only have to wear them when we're off stage. Because when we're on stage, it went from like, so our, our law is three feet, mm-hmm. but now with COVID, now it's six feet. Sure. And so, which is weird. <laughs> but, uh, so but how no. do they like give you money on stage? Or, like They have to throw it. Like really just crumple and, it and, up and, and, and just huck it at like, you. They walk up to the stage and like drop it, but they need to get away immediately. Okay. So if they l- kind of linger, a bouncer is going to come over and be like, you just need to drop it and go. Like, mm. And then we're not allowed to pick up the money. You know, like there's someone who comes and sweeps oh. it off now. Yeah, oh, that, that they, was something always a little awkward tra- at the end of the dance. You know, you I hated that. I love them sweeping it. Because I, I had been to a club in San Francisco that I worked where they did sweep it off. This was way before COVID. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's so classy. I love yeah. that. Like, why don't they do that everywhere? Like, Especially when you leave that $1 and you're like, fuck. And you got to crawl, crawl back, back all as I know, sexily I was, as you uh, can when you're trying to hurry because the next girl song has started and you're like, shit. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I, I love them sweeping it off. I'm like, yeah. That's great. So, ha- like, 
how do you do, like do you often visit other strip clubs when you go on vacation or out of town I typically do always look for the the strip club whenever I go anywhere yeah. I'm an enthusiast you know yeah so yeah I'm definitely gonna check out the local entertainment so are you looking for inspiration for often like, new ideas yeah yeah because like you know you get in kind of the routine of your club and then everyone's kind of starts like you know, oh, well, now we dance like this here. You know what I mean? Uh, gotcha. Like there's definitely like a style that kind of Evolves. the women kind of, mm-hmm. you know, you yeah, guys all, all kind of do. And you, here talk, too. you know, yeah, Just <laughs> that would be amazing. I would love that. So, um, so yeah, it's really fun to go to other cities and kind of see like what, what the style is there and what's yeah. going on there and, and to try to bring that home and, and Ooh, that's fun. Know, incorporate it. So what has been maybe a place that just gave you that was just so saturated in inspiration that you were like, this is awesome. Like, was there any other strip clubs in different states or anything that you highly recommend? (laughs) I'm thinking I haven't been to some of the ones I really want to go to. I really want to go to Magic City in Atlanta. And, you know, I don't know what's going on there with, you know, the pandemic, but I'm interested to go there. Um, This is going to sound so biased, but I really love my club. Mm-hmm. That's part of why I stay there is um, comparatively to anywhere I've been or visited, uh, the quality there of the women, um, how they look, but also the kind of women they are, is I haven't seen it anywhere else. Mm-hmm. It's very unique. And so it's so biased, but I'd probably say mine stands out in my mind. You Do know? you want to plug your club or um, yeah. is that something you want? Okay. Yeah. Come see me at Trails. In, in Salt, Salt Lake, Lake City. Yeah. Ask for Molly. <laughs> <laughs> and then they'll give you drugs. <laughs> How's the, <laughs> How's the, uh, the construction been in the parking lot? Just out of curiosity. I have noticed that. I don't feel like it's really affected anything, but I do feel like it's going to increase the property value, and eventually I think trails will be sold. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, it's going to be worth yeah. so much. Hopefully we will you. start saving our pennies, that. and we will, you know, get this... Uh, I was a part of some of that construction, owned. and oh. we got yelled at one day. Really? Yeah, I didn't hear about that. Jamming up a parking lot. Oh, no way. Yeah. Who yelled at you? I don't know. I didn't care. I was working. What are they going to do, fight me? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe they'll <laughs> choke you. <laughs> <laughs> no, she wasn't intimidating, so. Oh, it was a dancer, you think? Or? I don't know who it was. Okay. It could have been a homeless person who just was wandering by. <laughs> there is a lot of those around that area. Yeah. I was just kind But of I curious. do feel like it's an up-and-coming area now, mm-hmm. whereas it was kind of like... Not yeah. a great area. Is that apartments or is that? Yeah, I think they're apartments. Oh yeah, that's part of it's a parking structure, value. and then yeah, and the other parts. And I think apartments. there's going to come a time where the the owners, because there's a, a, someone who owns the club and he doesn't own the building, and so I kind of mm. predict. That oh. I don't know how long it'll take, but I kind of am like, I think this place is not always going to be around. Which I don't know. It's been around for twenty plus years, so I wonder if some people would work to try to like save it, like. This is a historical place. This is a treasure, a Salt Lake City treasure. (laughs) And I would hope there'd be something like that. But, you know, like we're talking about earlier, you just got to prepare that, like, nothing lasts forever, nothing. Mm -hmm. And you should love it and appreciate it while you're experiencing it and then prepare for the reality that it will end because Mm -hmm. everything does. So (laughs) it'd be perfect to have an apartment complex that close. You could get a room there so you don't have to commute. 
or yeah. like the people living there are going to become customers. Yeah. There you go. Totally. You guys should totally there, do like it'll discounts. become the cheers of that neighborhood, you know? <laughs> I think the stage name for you is perfect too, by the way, because you look like you could run a relief society. I did. Yeah. I did have totally. positions in a relief society presidency. And it's funny because that's part of why I, I named myself that. Although it was true, I'm like, I can see myself in a mirror. I know what I look like. I look yeah. Mormon as fuck. Like, yeah. And I'm going to like you'd be on the poster. use that angle. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I open the if I opened a book of Mormon right now, you'd be on the inside flap, like holding the book and the white shirt. Yeah. You know, and I did model for those kinds of things when I was uh, Mormon, and it was funny because I was also an actress, and I I I remember projects where you had to show a temple recommend Mm -hmm. to get these parts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, and I definitely was in stuff like that, so that's kind of funny. I hope those are floating around somewhere. (laughs) I was in one of the. the I thought you looked familiar. Yeah. But what's funny is a lot of people don't typically recognize me from my past life because they can't they can't associate who I was with who I am now. Yeah. I've I've literally walked up to someone and been like, Hey, how are you? And it's been a long time and they're like, Do I know you? And I'm like, Yeah, and told them my real name and then they're like, No, 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 that's not you. You know, (laughs) that's a little Mormon girl I used to know and I'm like, Well, it's me. (laughs) If your car broke down on the road and you came to knock on the door, I'd like look through the people and be like, This chick has a Bible for me. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. She's proselyting for sure. Yeah. Um, what are some of the stigmas, I guess, for you and dating? Um, like, are you remarried? I don't really know. No, uh, I have a boyfriend right now. Mm-hmm. Um, will you ask me that question again? Sorry, my brain. No, just you're fine. Out. And I s- completely switched like okay. new gear. So <laughs> we'll, we'll let the listeners follow too. Um, so as far as like you stripping and dating yeah what is that like do you typically only date people who already know you're a stripper do you meet people like online and you have to say like uh i know that a lot of dancers deal with this in different ways mm-hmm. like me for example i will definitely lead with that if if you don't already know because mm-hmm. i'm like if you're not okay with this this isn't gonna work like <laughs> it's you know it, it's a deal breaker like if it's a deal breaker for you or like you know if it's like you're not okay with it that's a deal breaker for me because I'm not going to be quitting this anytime soon um and so so I definitely lead with that um I did meet my boyfriend at the club he had you know which is very common for dancers to either date which is common in any industry it's common for dancers to date people they work with like bouncers managers whatever Mm -hmm. um or to date you know customers that they've they've met and had a rapport with and Mm -hmm. So that's really common, like I said, in any industry. You're gonna the people you're exposed to are gonna be the people you end up dating. Um, and my boyfriend had come in for like six months. He'd come in every week with a big group of friends, never talked to me ever. <laughs> and uh, he uh, would message me on Instagram every once in a while and be like, "Hey, are you gonna be there? We're gonna come in." And I was like, "Yep." <laughs> and that was the extent of the dialogue we'd had uh, for like six months. And I had a boyfriend at the time, so of course, like, I really didn't even notice he existed, really, other than, like, he'd messaged me, and I was like, whatever, you're just mm-hmm. a dude. Yeah, just um, a fan. <laughs> but, you know, when I was single, and all of a sudden, like, you know, all of a sudden, you're, like, on the prowl, and you're, like, looking around, you know? <laughs> and I was like, oh, hey, like, what's up? And so I asked him out, and, uh, and yeah, we've kind of been together ever since. And so, um, I'd love to be asked out by a stripper. I would brag about that for the rest of my life. That's why they have never asked you out. Because <laughs> <laughs> they know I'd brag about it. Shut. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not like I just shut up. 
Well, you got to come in every week for six months and tip really well. And then eventually, she'll, which is funny because I've said oh. to him in the past, I'm like, why didn't you ask me out? Because he was like, he said that he'd liked me. And I was like, why didn't you ask me out? He's like, I was playing the long game. And Aww. I was like, that's a long ass game. Like, Dang. <laughs> that was funny. But um, anyway, so, you know, I think there's stigma about strippers like being unfaithful or like, uh, dishonest or using men for money and these are just things I have not seen in my industry which is I- I've almost just seen the complete opposite like I see these women because like I said we got the the group therapy and and so I know a lot about these women and, and know their stories and their you know personal lives and their secrets and stuff and predominantly I've just seen women who are extremely loyal um, and and I've seen uh, that it's really, really hard to sleep with a stripper. So they're not very slutty in general. <laughs> like, it's, they're one of the hardest groups probably ever to sleep with. Like, you wouldn't think so, but it's fucking hard to bag a stripper. <laughs> and so, <laughs> what? And, uh. and the also, like, um, the stereotype of that they're looking for money. Like, I just see all these women I know, and, and I see their boyfriends, and I am friends with their boyfriends, and typically they're not super rich often. Well, not often, but sometimes, you know, they're really supporting their significant other, and which is interesting. And so this kind of gold digger mentality is not something I really have seen. And part of my theory about that is that, you know, if you're a stripper and you're looking for a sugar daddy, you're not going to be a stripper long because those sugar daddies are coming in mm-hmm. and, and they're going to want to be Captain save and take you out of there. And so if that's what you're looking for, like, <laughs> you will Save-a-ho. find that and you're not going to stay in the industry for years and years and years. And so mm-hmm. that the women I know who've stayed in the industry, they're just really not looking for that. They really want to be independent and take mm-hmm. care of themselves. And so... I'm putting Captain, Captain save in the glossary. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> what about the intimacy between dancers? Because um, obviously you guys are all being pretty sensual on stage. Mm-hmm. Like, do you fuel off of each other and, like, build each other up? Is there a... Oh, an attraction yeah. factor between the dancers. Oh, there's I'm just nothing perv out more gay than that dancer room. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, because, yeah, there's a lot of like, oh, you're so gorgeous and I want your ass and your skin's perfect. And, you know, just like women are, you know. Uh-huh. And then, uh, yeah, there's a sensual aspect. I'm, I've made out with many of the dancers. Like, <laughs> uh, I, don't, I haven't slept with any of the dancers. I've come close. I've wanted to. Um, but... You know, definitely there's that element, and I love watching them. Like, I, I've just been watching them for years, many of them, and I'm like, I could never get tired of this. Like, I used to just watch you put on this show all the time, and I and I love it. And, and, and so, yeah, for me, this is my experience, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure this is everyone's experience, but, but yeah, I think there's a lot of sexual tension that, you know, we feed off with each other, and, and it just feels wonderful. It sounds like you're destined to run a club so that you can always watch these shows. It really does. I could see it. I could see it. We support you. So if anybody out there wanted to support you in being able to run that club, where would they go? What do you mean? Where could people support you right now? Oh, they could just come tip me. Just come to the club and, and tip you? And, and maybe, like, encourage me. Should I don't they put know. a note on the tip? Like, this is for the club. Don't use it for you anything else. You want to drop your Venmo? Yeah. Or Venmo. Yeah. Venmo. I, <laughs> Molly Mormon on Venmo and, you know, make a note that's, you know, this is for you to open your own strip club. Yeah. <laughs> I love the GoFundMe idea, though. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of people would get behind huh. a woman-owned totally woman strip club in Salt Lake City. We will plug it. Yeah. Plug yeah. the fuck out of it. What are you going to call <laughs> your strip club? Do you have a good name? I did have a name. I think I thought about calling it Rose Park because, you know, there's that neighborhood in Salt Lake. <laughs> yeah. 
That's perfect. And and there's a there's a big burlesque club in New York that's called I forget, but it's similar to that. And so I kind of wanted to like do a Rose Park theme and, you know, I don't know. I just thought that was cute. Yeah. Are you doing anything else because of the pandemic to help support yourself where you weren't able to work? No. No. No, I I've been a good girl and saved all saved? my money. Good. Mm-hmm. And, and and I'm also preparing for that I I don't know whether we'll close again. Mm-hmm. And I and I feel like that's a definite reality. And so I just am very, very careful. What would you do if you couldn't strip anymore? Um, well, right now I'm working on a a food truck with my sister. We bought a a trailer, and it's supposed to be called a Molly Mormon's Coffee and Pound Cake, and it will just be coffee and pound cake. I love but it. sexy women will serve it. <laughs> and like um, and yeah. so that's fun. We're working on that, and 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 that's something that I'm hopeful will kind of like uh, be an income for Supplement, me in the future. Yeah. Have you ever seen burlesque in uh, Washington? Uh, like a club or no? It's like a brew. B r e w lesk. Yeah, it's a little. It's like a. It, it, oh, they put it in like an phone. old one hour photo shoot no booth, way. and you pull up and you get coffee, and the girls in lingerie. Yeah, this is yeah, oh, definitely a thing yep. I've seen, but not I haven't seen it yet here, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, I wonder why. It's probably because of the laws. <laughs> probably. Yeah, you gotta wear a hairnet. I think as long as they wear a hairnet, you know, a swimsuit <laughs> or lingerie that's mm-hmm. like, you know, legal. Do you ever get measured? Do they ever come in like measure? Like this is not enough clothing. Your g-string is yeah. Your pasties no, aren't white enough. Your <laughs> pasties aren't white. Why? Oh yeah. I the the thing with pasties is, is it has to cover your areola. Oh. Oh. Um. They don't have to be a certain size. They just need to cover your areola. Okay. So whatever. So you Biggest eye roll of all time. Cut them out or. Because women's nipples are dangerous. They are. They're to scary. Society. Yeah. We don't know what's going on. Careful. It scares us men that I are understand. in charge. I understand. We're terrified. <laughs> As you should be. <laughs> That's why we're trying to keep y'all down. Yeah. Bunch of crazies with your baby making. Um, <laughs> makes sense. So what is the process <laughs> for... Yeah. What is the process if someone wanted to become a dancer? Like... Um, I think there's a lot of ways to go about it. I think mm-hmm. one of them is, uh, you know, do a little pole dancing classes or even, you don't really need to even do the classes if you can't afford it. Just go on YouTube and look up exotic dancing and, and particularly maybe look up floor work if you don't have a pole and, you know, if you can get some floor work down. Um, and, and there's a lot of clubs that don't even require you to audition. Like my oh. club does and there's some clubs that do. And so with that, you actually don't even need any experience. You could literally walk in, say, you know, I'd, you know, are you hiring for dancers and then see what their process is? Cause their process might be, yep. Can you start tonight? You know? Oh, wow. And, um, and you know, a lot of places you do need to be licensed, but some people let you amateur for like 30 days. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, do you guys have like, uh, like amateur night or something that we like don't, someone can know, try it out. Kind of stayed away from that. Like yeah. <laughs> I know that they can do that from what I've seen in other clubs, but they really won't. They're kind of a little more rigid when it comes to things. They really want you to have your license before you start. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so yeah, it depends on the club. So go in and ask what that process is. And then, mm-hmm. and then, uh, if you don't have experience and they can just hire you on, especially if you go to like smaller clubs, cause they're usually a little more lax about that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then just learn on the job. That's awesome. Because like, it's not, people are, are just going to be excited. Even if you don't know what you're doing, they're going <laughs> to be like, you're going to take your clothes off. Like, great. <laughs> um, and so, and you can definitely capitalize on that, mm-hmm. like newbie status, like I said earlier. So um so yeah and, and kind of just to bite the bullet because i i probably get the message 
on my Instagram more than any other message I get, which is how do I get into this? And yeah. and there's a lot of women I've really held their hand and walked through in person or o- online with them to kind of walk them through these processes. But definitely I kind of feel like I don't always have the time or energy to like dedicate to this, especially with the amount of messages I get about this topic. If so there's that much need, why not monetize to. that though? I thought why about that. Like, like doing create a, class. a school or a class. Yeah, I have yeah. thought about doing like an online class to like. Well, and as that their graduation could be the audition and you set up the audition for it. Molly oh, yeah. Mormon's Stripper Academy. Oh my God. LLC. I love it. <laughs> That's amazing. I, you, you should totally just, open a stripper academy. Oh my gosh. You guys are just giving me all these ideas. Yeah. We got you. But the problem is I'm so lazy. <laughs> <laughs> She only has we, to work three days a week. You just got to bankroll it, dude. Just yeah. hire your friends to run the place. Oh, my God. You're brilliant. I yeah. love this. Yeah. Yeah. Leaders don't do. I, they yeah. direct. I will totally help you, too, because I love entrepreneurship. I love starting businesses. So yeah. I will assist. Um, I think that's part of what... I'll definitely watch. My hesitancy is, like, my own lack of confidence and that, like, that maybe I should... That I should be the one to do this and so it kind of happened one-on-one but there is no should there is either you do it or you don't there do is it no try only do it. <laughs> <laughs> i mean seriously if we if we think about ourselves that way like oh am i destined to no no one's destined to do anything mm-hmm. how passionate are you how much do you want to do uh, it medium okay medium. well then then maybe you're not the one i don't but know <laughs> i feel i feel passionate about helping women individually because it was so life-changing for me right mm-hmm. um and I guess I just feels presumptuous to me, especially because a lot of, I feel like putting it out there like that, I'm afraid that people will apply what I'm telling them across the board at all clubs in all states. And oh, it really doesn't transfer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like if you talk to my sister who dances in uh, Cookie Cake Rock, by the way, on I'm going to plug her Cookie Cake Rock on Instagram. I love her so much. Uh, follow her, tip her, Venmo her. Um, anyways, she would have completely different things to say to you about the industry like not even close to a lot of the things that i say and well, so that's why you have to have guest speakers at the academy oh my gosh yeah well yeah. and that's why it would be local right it'd be localized so you yeah. would you would cater specifically yeah. to utahns yeah <laughs> and i guess i kind of feel like i already have one and i i, I don't monetize on it but but i feel kind of like a mentor for many girls at my own club yeah. and in general and that feels great i love it. i love to see them succeed and mm-hmm. you know pull themselves up and it's mm-hmm. just awesome yeah i want to go ahead i'm sorry rude I'm just <laughs> um i need to always look at you guys because i cut you off a lot too um do you remember your first night and like mm-hmm. how that was do yeah. you care to share any details um, about it you know it was terrifying and i uh, i used to wear a mask do you remember this abby I mean, were you around for that I think I met you after that. I remember okay. you telling me that you wore a mask because you didn't want to disclose wear, yeah. who you were, right? I wore a mask for oh. like my first several months when I was dancing. I would make these little black masks and I would glue them to my face. Kind of like a masquerade type of pretty yeah. type. Oh, and I was picturing uh, Nacho Libre. <laughs> it was more like Nacho Libre. <laughs> but uh, anyways, I used to do that because like at the time I worked, I was Mormon, of course, and I was dancing in my hometown uh, mm-hmm. that I'd grown up in. And then, you know, I also had a job where, <laughs> which I can say now because I don't give a shit, but I used to work for uh, the princess festivals. I don't know if anyone remembers those, but there would be like these princess festivals and I would do like the casting and stuff for, mm-hmm. you know, and also I'd like participated in like these Christian or Mormon like 
you know acting jobs or modeling jobs and stuff so I just had this huge fear like someone's gonna recognize me and and Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be mortified and and so I did that for a while and eventually I I lost it I was like I don't want to be Mormon I don't give a shit about any of this like bye and so um so yeah I I lost the question my tangent (laughs) no you're fine just your first night how it was okay so my first night I I remember I would I didn't take my top off for many months uh I wore like full underwear and I would not twerk I would not shimmy I would do pole work and I would do you know other things that you know were athletic or whatever but I was like very very still Mormon in my thinking and and this was still so wild that I was actually doing this you know I remember the first song they played for me was that really annoying molly song i'm looking for molly mm. and they still play that to this day a lot of times when i come on stage which is fun uh but no i was, I was terrified i was and and i that fear really stayed with me for like the first two years probably every time i went on stage like wow. maybe not to the level of the first time i danced but definitely mm-hmm. was there an element of it in every performance i had and and every every once in a once in a while now even i feel that same like you're really gonna do this you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna walk out there and you're gonna do this really you're gonna do this okay <laughs> how did your audience respond to you um when you first started dancing and, and how has that changed I feel like I'm I, I I'm a performer at heart and so I feel like I've gotten a really good response so even you know I had a little bit of experience acting and modeling already and so like that was in me and and I definitely knew things uh like you know confidence is attractive and and I'm a trained actress so whether I feel confident or not <laughs> I know that that's attractive so I'm going to act that way yeah. and I'm going to put on this performance and I'm going to be this character of Molly Mormon you know this fantasy um and and so I feel like it, overall I get a really good response you know there's a lot of people who who are kind of jaded to the industry and and are are really unimpressed and kind of like whatever you know which like I said makes no sense to me I'm still starry-eyed sitting at the stage watching my friends dance and so and then there's some people who come in who just like I think it feels vulnerable for them to look entertained or to look impressed and so they're just hell-bent on like arms crossed no emotion and and I usually try to like poke some fun at them to kind of get them out of their shell. Like I'll usually oh I would that look would be at them a challenge. Fold my arms to try to like get yeah a reaction. Uh huh. Oh yeah. And or things like that, or just things to kind of like break their facade to kind of be like, hey, I see you, and mm-hmm. I'm here to have fun. Are you here to have fun? Like, I'd love to, you know, engage with you. And um, so yeah, I feel like I get a pretty good response. Can I answer that question to how the audience responds? I would love to hear your first is <laughs> Abby and she ta- cocktailed at trails. So first time I saw you though, I was in as a customer mm-hmm. and for your, your audience's response, I just thought you were the most beautiful thing I had ever seen. Aww. Just locked eyes with you and you were an amazing dancer. Aww. Caught my attention. Thank you. That makes me feel really good. <laughs> She's sweetie. Anyone not listening from our Patreon page, she is a gorgeous woman. Me? Yeah. Oh, oh that's definitely. Me yeah. Yeah, yeah, how could they find you on social media? Molly they the Stripper on uh, Instagram. Molly the Stripper? Yeah, feel free to send me a message and say you listen to the podcast and ask me any questions or comment or come see me at Trails and, you know, throw a bunch of money. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. <laughs> so I don't know if we made podcast history or not, but we did have a stripper make a Star Wars joke. I'm just going to throw that out there. I don't know if you guys heard it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. That's got to be, that might be history. Okay. (laughs) 
So oh, it's gonna end up. Strippers are the nerdiest people. I know they're so nerdy. (laughs) We've done the Princess Leia thing at work. You know, like oh, I love it. Comic Con comes up, and all the girls are just nerdy. Ave. Yeah. (laughs) It's awesome. Yeah. If anybody else wants to join in the conversation, you can find us at uh, saltysexcast at gmail.com or on Twitter. I just want to ask you, anyone else that's in the room, is there anything that we didn't ask that you want to know? Any other burning questions for our beautiful Molly? No? No? Hmm? Okay. Anything. (laughs) Carter, you're a Patreon. This is like your one chance. (laughs) I mean, I dated a nerdy stripper, so. Oh, okay. He knows. He gets He's, it. He says he dated a nerdy I, I stripper. Agree with all of it. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Carter's stamp of approval. Perfect. Wonderful. <laughs> all right. Good. Well, thank you so much for listening. It's been such an awesome episode. Thank you so much for coming on and talking oh, to thank us. Thank you. Molly. I loved being here. I appreciate you inviting me. Um, and is there anything else we didn't cover? Gmail? Did you do that one? Gmail.com. Yep. Okay. Saltysexcastgmail.com. Right, um, start paying attention to our social media. We're doing like fun things. Giveaways. On Facebook especially. Yeah. We're going like to do a giveaway soon too. So like us on Facebook. Follow well, us. We send fun little nuggets mm-hmm. of like naughty photos. Just we a do. little hint. La la. Yeah. Sli- then, slightly naughty are on Patreon. And then we're yeah. starting to do polls on Twitter for our upcoming episodes. Mm-hmm. So we can get your input before we. Uh, That's at Salty Sex Cast. At Twitter. Salty Sex Cast Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yep. And mm-hmm. our DMs are open. Always. Always. All right. Don't forget to spread us like the STD that we are. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. Stay sexy and salty. Bye. Bye. Yeah. And what's puberty? Puberty? Well, puberty's a lot of things. Here's the piece. When you hear about it first, it sounds very strange. Oh, if it really bothers you, you should see a doctor. Then at puberty, certain glands begin to work, and our bodies begin to change. It enlarges the penis itself. And there's a center opening between those two, which is called the vagina. The sex education you wish you had in high school. Maybe a diagram will help.